This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Today on CityCast Philly, it's the Friday News Roundup. We're talking about who Temple University has named as its acting president. City Council has a hearing to discuss teen programs for the summer. And what's happening at the former Philadelphia Energy Solutions oil refinery site in South Philly? It's Friday, April 14th. I'm Trinae and here's what Philly's talking about. Joining me this week is Oliver Sabo, staff writer at Temple News. Hey, Oliver. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. And independent journalist Kyle Bagginstos. Um, Kyle, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Trinette. Sure. This week, we experienced our first 80-degree days. So as an icebreaker, I got to ask y'all, what's y'all favorite spots in the city to enjoy the warm breeze? Yeah, um, I usually, when I can get down to Rittenhouse, I love hanging out there for a couple hours. Um I'm a big allergy person, so the pollen's starting to hit, so that hasn't been too fun. But yeah, yeah loving the nice weather. Yeah, Kyle, what about you? I hear you on the allergies, Oliver. I just took my pill <laughs> a couple minutes ago. Uh, I love going to the Wissahickon. Up in, I'm up in Mount Airy. We actually moved here because of the Wissahickon. And love getting down there to the creek. And uh, there's been reporting in the Enquirer even about how much cooler it is there in the summer. And I can definitely attest to that. So that's my spot. I love that. Those are great spots. I love going to um, – there's a lot of big green spaces in Parkside in West Philly. Um, I like to pull over, walk around, like, the Please Touch Museum area. There's baseball fields. Uh, People like to ride their bikes and just do some nice, peaceful walking. Um, those are some great spots. All right, so let's get into some of the top stories this week. Oliver, you've been covering some major news coming out of Temple for several weeks now. But let's talk about the the change in leadership. Tell us about who they've named as their acting president. Yeah, it's been a crazy semester just with all the leadership change. There's been a grad strike and then um, a lot of campus safety issues. But yeah, it started to slow down. And I think one of the reasons is because they named Joanne Epps as the acting president. They were clear that it was not an interim title, which was interesting. Um, but she was named on Tuesday. And that, um, yeah, so that's followed a couple weeks of a senior advisory board that is made up of a lot of top um, university officials who have been looking. Um, so Joan Epps has a lot of Temple experience. She's been here since 1986 at the Temple Law School. She was named dean in 2008. And she was the provost too, right? She was, yeah. She was until um, until Jason Wingard kind of did a leadership shakeup um, and she took a sabbatical. Um, but yeah, she's back. She was almost ready to retire and the, that kind of board asked her to come back. Um, and she loves Temple. In her press conference, she talked about how much she values the university, how much she cares about it. So she's excited to kind of lead this search and, um, you know, hold things down while they launch that national search. Now, for full disclososure, I graduated from Temple in 2010. And Oliver, you're a current junior? I am. 
So what's been the reaction of students and staff on campus? I think you hear a little bit of everything. Um, A lot of people were kind of ready for Wingard to go, but there's also a lot of people who were saying, um, you know, if anybody was in his position, some of the campus safety issues are out of his control. Um, You know, they, they are citywide issues. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, the general feel around here when he announced his resignation was a little bit of shock, a little bit of surprise, um, just because it was so short of a tenure. It was um, not even two years. Interesting. We'll be looking forward to reading your excellent coverage as that story develops. You know, speaking of student excellence, I just want to give a shout out to the students who got involved in the Democratic primary mayoral debate on Fox 29 this week. Shout out to TU. It was great that they were involved. Yeah. I also want to add that according to the Philadelphia Inquirer, former council member Dare Green has dropped out of the mayoral race. And earlier this week, former council member Maria Quinones Sanchez dropped out the race, too. Kyle, you've been focusing on a really interesting story. The former site of the Philadelphia Energy Solutions, uh, or short PES, as a lot of people know it as, the former oil refinery um, that had a really big explosion back in 2019. And now, um, you know, that was a debunked. It was like one of the largest, right? Largest refineries on the East Coast. That's correct. But now there's new ownership. So what do people want this site to be now? Yeah, so we're coming up on four years. I'm sure people remember the news about the explosion. And I think the thing, the detail that stands out in a lot of people's mind was that 38,000 pound piece of machinery getting blasted across the Google into West Philly. I mean, quite an explosion. So coming up on four years of that, Hilco is a firm that came in, a developer that scooped up the property afterward and has been working on turning the site into mainly warehousing and a kind of like life sciences campus, so like pharmaceutical and other uses. Okay. Um, so that hasn't really changed too much over the past couple of years, but I think there's bigger questions about the site. I mean, it's a huge 1,300-acre industrial property that's kind of plopped down right in the middle of southwest South, you know, Philadelphia that has been more or less cut off from the city, you know, over that entire history as this is industrial parcel of land, you know, really blighted and ugly. And so I think a lot of people are interested in seeing, you know, can we reintegrate that piece of property back into the city, right? And so I think there's a lot of questions still swirling about some of those kind of, uh, you know, tangential type uses at the property. Things like, are they going to regrid that into the into the city? Are they going to allow for public access, pedestrian access? So these are still questions that uh, very much remain three and a half, uh, four years after the explosion. And that's what I was exploring for, for grid, kind of what we could get on, on the latest. And you talk to so many different people. You talk to neighbors, city planners, developers. Everyone has an idea of what they want to use this big space of land for. Um, But what I found interesting in your article, you write that it's sometimes also about transparency, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. totally. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, a lot of people across these different groups, the public, the planners, you know, I think a lot of people want to see. The same things, you know, public access, waterfront access, beautification, these sorts of things. 
And, um, you know, Hilco has a lot of, of really nice renderings on their website of a really green, gridded kind of place. But as I said in the story, you know, pictures aren't proof. Proof will come out first in the paperwork, right? Like what actual plans are going to be out there. And there we don't have much at all. You know, I think that's one of the main criticisms was that Hilco hasn't really shown blueprints, layouts for the property, you know, these, this sort of thing. And, you know, <laughs> people were careful how they spoke to me, but it didn't sound absolutely great at first blush. There was a road that they had put in along the riverfront that could potentially, you know, keep the river, the river trail from being extended down there. So, you know, early indications, maybe Hilco isn't thinking about the same priorities as, as some of these other groups. Interesting. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Let's shift gears a little bit and talk about some maybe underreported stories. Kyle, you focus a lot of your work in environmental reporting. What else are you working on? Yeah, so we actually just had a piece come out uh, on Grid's website this week, uh, following up on the chemical spill in the Delaware River from a couple weeks ago, which I'm sure everybody oh, lives yes. in Philly. Oh, we remember that. <laughs> remembers from their their phone blast. Um, so yeah, you know, I think the city uh, dodged a bullet with any drinking water impacts, uh, but we were kind of following up on especially on localized impacts to the Bristol area in Lower Bucks County. I used to report up there for the Bucks County Courier Times, and okay. there's pretty heavy industry along the riverfront up there, and what's stuck out to me uh, was that every time I used to drive up there, there was a series of kind of highways that would take you through the area. And I would sometimes smell this kind of burning plasticky smell around the, a, a chemical facility. Mm. Uh, and that was the facility where this particular building was that, that triggered the leak. And I know from my experience there that there is regular air emissions of these same three chemicals that cause such concern in Delaware River that just come out of the plant stacks, like just by, it's legal, it's just as part of their, their air permit. And, uh, you know, there's just a lot of air pollution um, up that way with the, like I said, with the highways, with this facility. And so I think it's, you know, I don't want to belittle what Philadelphia faced. I mean, you know, you don't want to have anything in your drinking water. But I think people have already kind of moved on from that. And people near industrial sites like this plant in Bristol, and as we said earlier, like this PES, former PES site in Philly that used to cause mass amounts of air pollution for neighbors, people are living with this, you know, as a regular fact of life in a lot of these areas. And there's, you know, linkages to asthma and other illnesses and things like that. So the piece just kind of explores that, you know, there are massive amounts of these chemicals being released from that facility every year uh, to people uh, downwind in, uh, in Lower Bucks County and across the river in New Jersey. And also, I didn't even expect this, but we found that uh, the the water uh, contamination is still continuing a little bit uh, up there. So they've been working on doing uh, cleanup, but okay. the Pennsylvania Department of Environmental Protection mm. said that there is residual weeping of discolored material still coming from the pipe and they're working on bringing in sandbags to, to kind of block it. So I think there's still, you know, worth keeping an eye on uh, exactly what the fallout of that incident is going to be to the to the ecosystems up there. 
Interesting. Are, are there any like I, I guess you know that experience of smelling chemicals. I've I've experienced that before driving down, um, going down to like to Delaware, and you there's like this one bridge that you just hit, and you're like, oh God, did someone fart? <laughs> you're like, no, it wasn't me. Um, it's the chemicals. But is, are there ways that like companies can, I don't I don't know, like pr- protect uh, residents or you know people in that area? Yeah. So by law, I mean, there is a legal limit to what chemicals can produce. And technically, they're supposed to be updating their filtration technology every once in a while to have the best practices. But, you know, what's on paper isn't often (laughs) what happens in actuality. Um, And so I think one of the really big flaws of the law, too, and this is something that the Clean Air Council pointed out in my piece, was that they don't do anything for cumulative effects. So, you know, every facility has its own limit. But if you have five or six facilities, you know, near each other and they're all emitting, uh, they don't there's no rule on the cumulative effect of the air quality nearby. So that's oftentimes where residents are really exposed is that kind of gap in the law, that gap in the protection. Interesting. Oliver, are you working on any stories uh, this week, any underreported stories that you want to highlight this week? Um, Yeah, I think a couple of things. in the fallout of the new acting president, there are a couple interesting things are one is the um, Malcolm Kenyatta state rep who uh, represents Temple's area introduced some legislation that would add a couple members to state appointed members to the board. Why is that significant, though? Like, why why have those members on the board? The state state lawmakers want a little bit more state oversight in Temple, especially what's going on with uh, safety and then obviously coming off the strike, the tugs of strike and everything. Um, so there are a number of state appointed members on the board already, but this would be adding one more for each um, for each position. So, yeah, I'm just kind of looking into what that would mean for Temple and kind of the history of state appointed members on the board. That's interesting. Let's get into some good news. And Kyle, speaking of state rep Malcolm Kenyatta, uh, there's a there was a story this week that's that happened also in um, the North Philly district. Tell us about that. Sure. Just let me get my quick Temple plug in, though. I was also Temple 2010. So we got three Temple people Wait, here. What? Kyle, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, you bury the lead. Oh, man. OK. Wow. We probably shared a class or two. We must have. Walk right oh, past wow. each other. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But now Malcolm Kenyatta, too. So Temple yes. Owls are everywhere. Yes. Temple Owls everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I actually saw Representative Kenyatta uh, on North Broad this week, near Broad and Dauphin. Uh, there's a charter school in Philly called Youth Build, which I think um, oftentimes uh, has enrollment from some of the most at-risk kids in the city, kids who have, you know, not stuck at other schools or have had, you know, uh, behavioral issues, this sort of thing. Um, and basically it's, you know, trying to get them into the trades, give them a useful skill uh, and get them out there and get them a job, you know, post-graduation. And it's been around for several decades, but I get the impression they've just been kind of floating, having to rent space. Well, now there's a $25 million renovation of an old Pico building on North Broad that is going to take place over the next year. And this program is going to have its very own home. It's a well-built building where, you know, they can hammer away <laughs> without disrupting anybody. There's going to be great, it sounds like, rooms and services, where, you know, kinds of behavioral services for students too, emotional support. And the, and the uh, uh, representative uh, Kenyatta and State Senator Anthony Williams were there, and they really spoke just about 
how significant it is to do this and how much, you know, how it really is truly good news. They were kind of on the media's case a little bit. There's only one TV station there. And they said, you know, anytime, you know, somebody shoots somebody in North Philly, you have so much media there in 10 minutes. But something like a $25 million renovation to, you know, assist like the most vulnerable at risk youth in our city doesn't draw the same attention. And it was a great point, you know, and but it was, I don't I don't this is supposed to be the good news. So the good news is that there are good things happening in the city. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. yeah and I, I it is great news. And, you know, speaking of uh, teens, uh, the, there was a conversation this week happening in city council. I read in uh, WHYY's uh, reporting um, that they really are focusing on. Uh, programming, especially in the warmer months, as we're getting closer um, to the warmer months, um, uh, city council is trying to figure out still their fiscal budget. And so they're talking to other departments about youth programming and strategies. Um, And, you know, this comes after, you know, there's been some recent incidents of large groups of teens downtown in the fashion district um, over by the casinos in South Philly. Um, There's a carnival happening down there. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really appreciate that um, that that information and that kind of like openness from the representatives to say to kind of like give us that reminder as as journalists, as media to um, to tell, you know, some different stories um, and and and. Yeah, I'll keep that in. You know, I'll keep that in yeah, mind. It was, it was great. There was, there was, there was like, you know, at there at the ceremony that was groundbreaking. There was, you know, a dozen kids there as part of this program, and they were turning to them and tell them, like, you know, you guys are, you guys are heroes too. You know, you're going to be building our society. There was one uh, student I talked with. Um, his nickname was Ira. He's from uh, Congo originally, and uh, he, you know, I think one of someone there said he was looking at, you know, a life of maybe minimum wage, that sort of thing. He got into this program. He fell in love with architecture, and he actually interned with the architect firm that's redesigning the building and he has plans to go and pursue oh, his dope. yeah pursue his degree in architecture and what a great story i mean you know just like yeah, yeah. i love that that's a feel-good story and also speaking of young people doing amazing things um there was a story that came out of philadelphia tribune um a senior at Paul Robinson High School, Alyssa Perrin, um, West Philly native, she got accepted to Harvard. That's huge. <laughs> and she's going to uh, be majoring in biology. Um, and she uh, wants to play on the school's polo team. And she's had experience um, for years working with this uh, group called Work to Ride, which is a nonprofit program um, outside of Philly. Um, and they teach kids how to ride horses and take care of horses um good luck Alyssa when you go to Harvard um remember us (laughs) that's all I got for this week uh Kyle Oliver thank you so much for joining me on CityCast Philly thank you again it was fun yeah thanks for having me really fun it's time for the tip of the day where we share a life hack for living in Philly The Sixers are playing game one of the first round of the playoffs Saturday at 1 p.m. They play the Brooklyn Nets. It's a home game, so make sure you leave early to get down and park your car or take SEPTA to Wells Fargo Center. Another tip, according to NBA.com, Sixers.com will post all playoff game dates and times and who they play against as it's determined. Now, I don't want to say this, but if there's a chance a game isn't played, ticket holders will receive an automatic refund from Ticketmaster. Tickets are sold on a first-come, first-served basis. 
If you have a tip of the day, we'd love to hear from you too. Call or text us at 215-259-8170. That's all for today here on CityCast Philly. Our lead producer is Laura Benchoff. Our producers are Abby Fritz and Elizabeth Kama. Our Hey Philly newsletter editor is Brittany Valentine. And our host is me, Trinae Nuri. Music is by Philly's own Interminable, with additional music from All the Kimonos and James Weldon. If you enjoyed the show, why not tell a friend, rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our morning newsletter, Hey Philly. We'll be back Monday morning with more news from around the city. Have a great weekend and be safe. Bye, y'all. <laughs>